0: So about ordination, how necessary is it to officially ordain as a Buddhist monk in order to practice the Dhamma?
1: Mm. Uh, it's in itself, it's not. It's not necessary to go through like the formal um, ordination and acceptance and so on. Uh, what is necessary is the lifestyle. So the, uh, the non the life, lifestyle that's free from household concerns, let's put it that way. That's necessary for like a complete liberation from suffering. So uh, of course, no. there's a greater likelihood you're gonna find the suitable or have access to suitable environment for practice that's free from household life concerns. If you're a monk or a nun, at least theoretically, you, you have a you have a better chance because um, the ordained lifestyle, generally, into like a say the uh, the practice tradition, you not know, just like a temple tradition, um, is is better than than you know crowded and dusty lifestyle of a householder. But that's not necessarily so. In a mm-hmm. sense, you might ordain, you might join a community and be equally busy and full of daily concerns about you know, running the temple and duties and all sorts of stuff that can then seem justified in doing, because, oh, well, look, this is for, for the greater good of Dharma or the monastery. But in reality, the motivation is the same as it is of a householder who is just, uh, you know, going, being busy around and just doing random stuff to keep himself occupied. So that's pretty much the distinction that a person needs to make. Will, um, if I were to ordain, would that improve my circumstances? Would that provide uh, better grounds for keeping the Vinaya? Better seclusion? Uh, more time for reflection? Or would it sort of uh, not really meet those requirements? Or um, Sometimes you might not be able to find something that would be... So like a black and white, good or bad, it might be something in between, such as, well, you know, he would not, he's not providing as much seclusion as I would want. He's not providing as much as, as basis, but he has potential to do so more than my current living situation. Then, yeah, then it's still better today. Uh But in and of itself, wearing robes or whatever makes, really makes no difference. It's just an external statement. That's it. Internally makes no difference.
0: Yep i was thinking like what's really necessary is going forth as in being prepared to leave your the household life yeah but that's
1: yeah
0: i'm wondering if that necessarily sort of implies yeah uh wearing robes and being a buddhist monk and in some cases like i'm even thinking if you just look purely at the lifestyle, you can see certain people as you know house not monks, mm. but you're just living certain kind of lifestyles that are quite solitary or quite yes, yeah, uh, yeah. kind of remote yeah. and this
1: quieter, less less crowded, mm. less distracting, no definitely. But I think what is pretty much probably the main thing here. Is the intention of the person doing it? Because see, you you know we can <clears throat> you can have argument for both sides. You can say no, it's still better to be a monk, or you can say well no. See, if uh, if uh, my household life is actually quieter, more secluded, more remote, it's better to be that. Well, again, in and of itself, it's not mm-hmm. a decisive factor. What is decisive factor is your reasons behind choosing to do whatever you choose to do. So you can have people who might have a very good uh, lay conditions, quiet remote uh, not crowded plenty of time to practice however all of their life that life is still rooted in simply being afraid to let go mm. of your environment so you can say the environment is externally extremely suitable for practice of Dhamma internally it isn't because it's all based on the, uh, the intention of, of you refusing to give up out of fear or whatever yes equally you can have somebody giving everything up in like a finger snap, committing, unwavering determination to become a monk, yet all it's rooted in this quite common view uh, that people have, which is, oh, as long as I become a monk, join the monastery, wear the robes, that's it. Practice will from then onwards be done by the environment. All I need to do is is get there, and then I'm sort of uh, safe, safe, or something like that. And that's also not the case. And that's it. Entire ordination there is rooted in completely wrong reasons. So the intentions behind doing it is probably the most important, to be clear about that. And then you would know why you're not ordaining. And you would know why you're staying a layman. Or you would know why you're not staying a layman and why you're ordaining. You wouldn't use one to kind of avoid the other or cover responsibility for it. Mm -hmm.
0: Because what's interesting also, like, you become a Buddhist monk. And now there's all sorts of things you don't do or you do and that are sort of automatically uh, justified in mm. your certain environment, because mm. now you're a Buddhist monk. Mm. That's something I find interesting. It's like, whereas if you're a, not a Buddhist monk as a, as a lay person, doing things like for example, uh, practicing centris- sense restraint, pre- spending time in seclusion, not engaging in all sorts of things, mm. it's, you really have to be sure about Why you're doing them or you have to work harder in a way to Mm. um, make it clear to yourself why you're doing them instead of I'm a monk and this is what monks do
1: yeah that's that's what I meant like Mm. that can become an excuse then Uh, then people the monks would then be uh, practicing sense restraint keeping the rules adhering to all sorts of observances out of a sense of duty not out of a sense of that you know taking responsibility for it Mm -hmm and then that means as soon as that environment changes your context will be compromised Um, and you don't want that I mean if you have any wisdom you realize no. my practice should be developing me in a way that even if my circumstances change even if I end up in a hospital or a monastery gets destroyed or I have to whatever internally composure will not change I will not depend on these circumstances that are quite you know tailored and protective of certain sets and routines And then that kind of allowed me to sort of just, you know, stop thinking about it. And uh, yeah, that's completely misguided. It's
0: like the... Should be that it is the choice to live a certain lifestyle that kind of makes you a monk rather than yeah, you live yeah. a certain lifestyle yeah. just because you The
1: difference between versus. like f- kind of mm-hmm. formally doing it is again it is something that you can sort of um, that you can't really lie to, to yourself mm-hmm. like if say if you're not if you say oh, I don't want to ordain because you know I have a good environment here and I have a you know, secluded property and so on and I can live as a layman restrained and practice fine but as I said Mm. more often than not they will be rooted in some sort of fear Mm. and still having a thread of safety like well if it doesn't work out Mm. i can still do this Uh, so from that point of view actually formally ordaining will cut that thread Mm. and uh, so if but if you're honest that would be obvious and then you would know whether you should or not but if you genuinely know what the practice is genuinely just need a seclusion environment to amplify it then again you wouldn't then you would you could stay a layman or change your lifestyle as in layman not formally ordained and still not live like a householder either. Uh, but for that, already you know, some wisdom is, is is quite necessary. Some authenticity and transparency would be mandatory.
0: I suppose you could probably say it's mandatory in all cases because if you're not yes, yes. from the beginning, then yeah, becoming exactly, a monk exactly. will not necessarily yeah. make you more.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So if I can paraphrase, it's is it about? What will make me give up the thing that I would be holding on to, or what would be uh, putting me into what would be putting me into the situation that forces mm. me to practice more seriously? Yeah,
1: yeah. And sometimes, like that's obviously thing, if things would be clear on that level. Sometimes then m- it might be a bit of both. Mm. Uh, and uh, in those cases, you just need to kind of. Um, try and think like ok ok in the long run so mm. yes you know I'm, a, I'm afraid to give up a household life but at the same time I'm afraid if I don't become a monk I can stay a householder so, so what do I do here uh, well again don't cover up that situation um, endure it without necessarily making your current household uh, environment worse because sometimes people are like oh uh, I want to ordain but if I don't ordain I have to get married I was like, well, no, you can still live and practice the Dhamma accordingly, even without wearing robes. So you you don't need to go the other way. But if it feels like it's either or means, okay, well, that's really the problem. It's not that you're not a monk yet or that you're still a household. The problem is that you can't like restrain yourself and sustain that, that middle. Like, yes, you don't need to become a monk, but that doesn't mean, oh, you know, but I, I can, so because I can't become a monk for some reason, that means I can now engage in sensuality uh, without any kind of uh, responsibility or fault. And that's, I think I even did that talk once. Like, you know, even if, if, if Dhamma is your, your your goal, even if you're not a monk, there is no excuse to go to sensuality. It just isn't. But there is sometimes taken, like, no, I really want to become a monk. But, you know, some say, like, I can't get a visa or something like that. Or my mother's sick, I have to look after her. Some... Externally valid reason that currently prevents you from a monk. So in the meantime, oh, yeah I'll find a partner and marry and so on. It's like, well, no, that's now a completely separate set of decisions uh, That uh, that you you don't need to engage either. You don't need to engage with them either
0: Yeah, because I mean, let's say For example, let's say you had the suttas or you had access to teachings, but there were no order of monks yeah. You'd still have yeah. to, you'd be forced to actually try and do something yourself about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And I was thinking, it reminded me of Kierkegaard actually, the the Christian philosopher that mm. he, you know, his life Well that was exactly the
1: decision he made. Exactly. That was exactly the point that he mm-hmm. arrived at it like, oh, wait a minute I want to be an authentic philosopher, true to the pursuit of wisdom, and at the same time I'm getting engaged in planning a family and a government opposition and work, whatever was lined up for him, and then he realized, well, no, if I want to do this, I have to say no to this. Many of them wouldn't. Many of them would have uh, been quite content in perpetuating the idea that they are here in pursuit of truth and clear philosophy while doing very mundane, central things, because many of them would not have been honest, as honest as he was. So then he broke off the engagement, gave everything up, and then just continued... Pursuing wisdom in a very painful manner for the rest of his life, but he didn't. At least he didn't compromise, and and that's quite commendable.
0: Yeah, and somebody who does that, like for him, he was really. I was thinking about it. He was really, you know, alone. You know, he had nobody else who was kind of confirming or no external structure to tell him that what he was doing was the right thing. It was really just. subject also it reminded me of that again something that I'd read often in the suttas but had not uh, paid that much attention to like when he says um, I did not go forth from this household life for the sake of robes, bowl, mm, medicine mm, for the mm. sick and so on I went forth because I was um, pursued by suffering, old age and death and I thought mm. so I, you know, I used to kind of think of that in the sense of of people just kind of get greedy for these things or these kind of external whatever but it can also be that you're you know you have all of these things that you have to get and do and accomplish and or go to this place as a monk and everything that it can kind of end up obscuring your b- basic reason for doing those things in yeah. the first place and
1: resulting in complacency then mm-hmm. like uh you know, you have a big community, big place, all registered, everything fine, institution, all settled, you know, supporters, you do your duties, you teach, whatever else, and you go through these routines and again, it's it's all going to be rooted in just uh, establishing that uh, external sense of safety, which is no different than hu- that's the whole point of a household life. It's the you're wearing the robe. The principles of a household life uh, still apply to you. So that's the but again, that's like for everyone to see for themselves. Like, sure, uh, you could have a relatively accurate guess <laughs> and uh, speculation about other people's motives if you see how they behave and so on. But overall, fundamentally, it does come down to every individual for for uh, for himself he needs to know that needs to be clear about it because you know it's not necessarily in in and of itself a bad thing. As the Buddha said himself to Mahakasapa, I said, why do you live in the hard forest? Come with me. Plenty of food, plenty of nice lodgings, plenty of fancy silk robes or whatever else. Uh, but he says, no, 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 I actually prefer this. I want to do it. So externally, yeah, you, you might think, well, you must not never live in these suitable circumstances or environment, but that's, that's not guaranteed. That's not, a, that's not a, a, a sure symptom of an underlying problem. And sometimes, equally, yeah, people can go and live in the rough forests and so on for wrong reasons. Having said that, rough forests, even for wrong reasons, are less likely to give rise to unwholesome states than the uh, soft, pleasant, agreeable, safe conditions would.
0: Where is your sense of safety?
1: Yeah, yeah. Or or like, uh, yeah, are you still sort of uh, taking it for granted? That you, because you shouldn't have a sense of safety upon anything. That's the, like when the, monk, when the Buddha says in the suttas, when the monk realizes uh, nothing is worth holding on to. Nothing is worth acquiring and regarding his mind. That's why I'm unsafe. Not because I haven't found safety from all the threats. No, it's because I'm making myself liable to threats. So then that's the true safety when there's nothing that you need for your safety.